from the front lines of the green rush. This is Green Entrepreneur, where business owners talk about how they found success in cannabis and how you can too. Hey, everybody, it's John Small, Editor-in-Chief of Green Entrepreneur. Welcome to the podcast. And today we're going to talk about ketamine, an anesthetic that has been shown to treat depression, PTSD, suicidal thinking, anxiety, and other mood disorders. And in recent years, ketamine clinics have been popping up in cities across America and Canada. And in these posh clinics, patients are given ketamine intravenously in comfortable reclining chairs under the care of a clinician, a far cry from the K-holes and the ketamine sold on street corners. And to talk to us today about ketamine, my guest is Matt Stang. And Matt is a cannabis industry veteran who started at high times as an intern and rose all the way up to become its owner. And after selling the company just a few years ago, Matt embarked on a new journey as co-founder and CEO of Delic Corp, which runs the largest infrastructure of psychedelic wellness clinics in the U.S. So Matt Stang, welcome to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure. Great to have you. Give us a little bit of your background. I know we're going to talk about what you're up to these days, but you were working at High Times. I'd love to find out a little bit about sort of your origin story here. Give us a little bit of your background. Oh, wonderful. So I can give my superhero story. Yeah, I love origin story. Where are you at? So my origin story is I started as an intern at High Times in 2003, and I had written my senior thesis in college about uh, Drug legalization in a time of terror clearly dates me back to 9-11 in New York. And my, my thesis was that if you took the money from the war on drugs and you added the money from the taxes you could get from taxing drugs, you could convince conservatives who were all about fighting the war on terrorism that there was better ways to spend the money. So I wrote that. I went to the general counsel of High Times at that time for a quote. He was away. He read my paper. When he got back and he offered me an internship. And so I went to High Times about 10 days after graduating from college because they said, hey, would you like an internship at High Times? And I said, fuck yeah, but I have to be in Amsterdam for three weeks because I already booked it as my summer vacation after graduating from college. And they said, well, actually, you could help us. We had this event called the Cannabis Cup that we outsource and the people who we outsourced it to have just completely fucked it up and we need some help bringing it back in source. And so that was my my entree point at high times. So then I spent the next uh, six or seven years building the company, building the cannabis cap back up, building the, the uh, advertising department up. In 2010, I bought into the company. Then I helped lead the company through till 2017 when we sold the company to a private equity group. And then I helped them kind of understand and operate the business for a couple of years. And uh, my wife, who I had brought into high times from Bulletproof, the uh, biohacking and wellness company, wanted to go and start something in psychedelics. And so that is the genesis of Delic. She came up with Delic as the world's first psychedelic wellness company. We formed it in late 2018, got it funded in 2019, and built it over the past four years now, three and a half years. All right. So this is so interesting. Okay. So you had been in the cannabis world for so many years, and then your wife kind of turned you on to psychedelics. Had you guys partaken personally in psychedelics? Was it an interest of yours on a personal level? Did you see it just as a business opportunity? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it, it was very much a personal opportunity. It was something that we believed in incredibly strongly for many years. I had uh, dabbled in psychedelics when I was younger. 
and enjoyed uh, my first mushroom trip in Amsterdam when I was much younger and had had always believed very strongly in the power and potential of psychedelics, but, you know, more as a uh, something for enjoyment and personal betterment. In uh, 2017, we really came to understand the potential of psychedelics for total wellness, for mental wellness, right? And, and um, a big part of that is my wife suffered from an anxiety disorder, and she found psychedelic therapy as the only method she'd ever found that actually helped her with it. She had tried uh, anti-anxiety medication and other pharmaceutical drugs, and it just never really did anything. So she basically found ketamine therapy, and it changed her life. And seeing that and seeing how powerfully it changed her and made her feel able to cope with the (laughs) everyday bullshit of life really got me incredibly excited. And it's why I really wanted to do this, really share this with people and and, um, having someone who has an anxiety disorder and having that change and seeing that it's amazing and heartrending and makes you feel like if you can share that with one other person, you've probably done an incredible good with your life. And so that was really where it came from. Well, you're singing to the choir here because I actually suffer from generalized anxiety disorder. And I've been very curious about the effects of ketamine on that on a personal level. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this who are anxious or suffering from sort of uh, mental illness, mental health issues, and might want to hear more about how psychedelics might be very open to psychedelics as a remedy. Tell me a little bit about, did you, so once she had this incredible experience, life altering experience with ketamine, did you also try it to see what it was all about? I did. I did try it under doctoral supervision. It was an amazing experience that made me feel, it kind of got rid of my overactive Jewish brain for about two days. That sounds almost impossible for me, but anyway, keep going. There you go. Me too. But it was not as transformative an experience as it was for her, right? With with my experience, it was amazing and enjoyable and fun and really made me feel grounded and centered, but it did not give me the the sense of reset, but that's that's because my anxiety is a little bit more of the kind of general Jewish anxiety and a little less of the, uh, minus the overactive brain anxiety, which is, you know, it's a real thing, but it's not as all encompassing as hers, which can send her into spirals for days. Right. So I I think seeing that and feeling that change is so transformative and it just, it makes you just want to bring that to more people. Right. And I think that was, that was my big revelation. It really was an incredible revelation that we could we could help people in this meaningful way. How is the experience, for those who haven't done it, different than, say, getting high? Is it very different? Different than maybe taking, having psilocybin? Is it a very different experience? I know sometimes it's hard to explain psychedelic experiences. I find it's a hard, it's a hard one for people to explain. But um, Yes, yes, it is very different. It is more of a dissociative. So, you know, certain people describe it as feeling like you're floating or feeling like an out-of-body experience. It has a, a sense that you're, you've disconnected from the problems and issues and you're now able to feel connected to yourself and not feel so caught in the default mode network that keeps your brain racing and spinning and won't let you out of your kind of negative thought spiral. And I think that's that's one of the things that's just so different than anything else I've seen. With psilocybin, you have these amazing, incredible, transformative, ego-dying experiences 
but it doesn't quite operate in the same way. And having tried multiple different psychedelic therapies with my wife, her for her, ketamine is the thing that actually transformed her anxiety disorder. So tell us a bit about what the what your company does, what, what its mission is, what its dream is, goal is here. Sure. So Delacorp is the largest operator of ketamine therapy centers in America. We have 13 ketamine wellness centers in nine states focused on IV ketamine therapy for depression, anxiety, PTSD, mood disorders, and pain. And our main purpose is scaling the availability of high-quality care across the country because we believe the only way you can change things meaningfully is through scale. And so that's been our our mission and our purpose. And over the last couple of years, we've really gotten to be the leader in the space and just been very focused on delivering that high quality care to people in an affordable and scientific way. And these are clinics that you run in different cities across America? That's correct. So there's there's clinics that um, operate at the just to give you a basic sense, there's five treatment rooms. There's a medical staff on site. You come in. There's an IV therapy, so you get a intravenous drip of ketamine. Uh, the call it mental health treatment lasts about an hour and forty five minutes, about ten to fifteen minutes to get the treatment set up. It's somewhere between forty five minutes to an hour for the actual treatment, and then it's call it thirty minutes for you to recover. And this is something you can come in. It's a it's a you don't you can leave on your own accord after it's done. We do recommend that someone drives you because there is there is a good sense that you might have some amount of uh, disorientation. So we really don't encourage anyone. You know, we make sure that people are have someone to drive them home. Similar to going to a dental procedure, you wouldn't want to go home even though you're technically off. You still we don't want anyone to hurt themselves because they're still a little bit free. So let's talk about that 45 minutes. What is that experience like as far as what, is it, is it a guided sort of meditation to people have, are they listening to music? Like, what is that experience like? So we have, we have someone who sits with you who is a medical professional and they, I like to say, hold space. They make sure that you feel safe and supported and understand that everything is going to be okay and you are healing. And that's really the purpose of their work. So it's kind of like up to you as the patient to sort of get what it, from it what you want. Yeah, for us, we really see that your your healing comes from you kind of block the light, you have a little bit of music, go through this guided space, and the, the medicine does guide you and create this feeling of wellness, get you out of your head. Really, it's the best way I can describe it. My favorite description that I've heard is it's a reset, right? It's a reset for your brain. So if your computer is malfunctioning, what do you do? All control delete, right? If we were having this podcast today and your computer started going on the fritz, you say, hold on two minutes, let me restart my, right? Well, this is the closest thing that I've ever seen to a reset for your brain. You go through it, you come out the other side and your operating system is in a much better way. And it actually works. Like it sounds kind of a little bit like magical thinking, but the reality is when you do this, you go through this, you actually feel so much brighter and better and happier. People with depression report 24 hours later, they're feeling like on the top of the world. Right? And, and so it's the way we do this treatment. We have a interventional therapy. So someone who's going through a mental health condition will come in and they'll do four to six treatments over a two to three week period that we consider an interventional therapy that basically twice a week or so they'll come in, they'll get this therapy and by the second or third week, they will feel like uncaught by this, this feeling of depression, anxiety, spiraling thoughts, the things that, that make people feel generally like shit, right? And I think that's, 
it's just so important for people to find some methodology to get out of their head. And this works. And another part of this is that it actually creates new neural pathways. So it, it creates neurogenesis and helps you produce neurochemicals that make you feel okay, right? So what we've seen is, you know, in our own, we've done about 75,000 treatments. We're showing somewhere between 50 and 80% of people, depending on your condition, report feeling markedly better after their two weeks. It, it's really incredible. And, you know, just getting the apocryphal stories from the, the veteran, a big part of this, we believe that all these people deserve help. We, we just actually got the VA in Arizona to pay for mental health treatment for veterans from within the VA system. So we're, we're now treating a bunch of veterans. And it's just so amazing when you hear the stories of folks who have gone through combat, dealt with PTSD and anxiety and depression from that, coming out the other side from these treatments and just feeling so much better. Um, so it really is beautiful. So this is legal everywhere, right? This is, I mean, not everywhere, but this is obviously legal where your clinics are. What, what is the legality around ketamine? Ketamine is a Schedule II. It is the safest medicine for anesthetic purposes. So it's been used for 70 years. It's the standard of care in most third world countries because it doesn't cause respiratory issues the way other anesthetics do. So it's, it's incredibly safe. It's generic and is totally legal with a doctor anywhere in the United States and across the world. I don't think there's anywhere where it's illegal because, it, as I said, it's the safest and most effective anesthetic that we've found as a people. So this, not anyone can come and see you. Does there have to be, obviously they have to have a doctor's prescription, as you mentioned. Is there a sort of like a psychological profile? Do they have to take a series of, like they have to take a test to make sure that they are going to have a, you know, that there's no risk involved? Yeah. So we actually have a, a procedure where if someone is interested in treatment, they can get a consultation with a medical provider, and that person can say whether they're a good candidate for ketamine therapy or not. And if they are, they can write a recommendation and they can go into our practice. I always hear good, I pretty much have universally heard people having good experiences from ketamine, but of those 75,000 people you've treated, I'm sure there's been some people that haven't always, I mean, is, is there ever an example of people that it's, it's just not good for? Yeah, we, we really don't recommend it for anyone who have uh, who has schizophrenic issues, same as other psychedelics. It can cause schismatic breaks with people with schizophrenia. And then the only other real side effect is uh, nausea. So certain people feel nauseous for five, 10 minutes and you know, they might need Dramamine or something like that. But that's basically it out of those 75,000 patients. It's been just basically nausea and just keeping away people who have, I know in, in some of the earlier patients, there were some folks who have had a feeling like they're dying. The out-of-body experience feeling can be scary for those who have never experienced anything like that. So I think that's a, that's one of those things that you just want to make sure you have to prep people, make sure they understand what they're going through, what it's going to feel like. And you have someone sitting there making sure they feel cared for during the whole experience. So there's you're conscious enough of what's happening when you're going through a ketamine treatment that you kind of are aware, you know, what might be happening to you, like why, why you're feeling this way. Exactly. Yeah. So where do you see this delic going? What right now it's a ketamine, right? Do you see it expanding into other, or is it, are you already uh, working with other psychedelics? Yeah. So, so our, our thesis is that ketamine is the only legal psychedelic medicine right now. 
And we see there being a huge opportunity as other novel compounds come online. So we think MDMA and psilocybin are the two that are closest. They're both in phase three clinical trials with breakthrough designation from FDA. So we think there's just there's a huge amount of potential there. And, you know, each one of those addresses a different part of mental health issues. So psilocybin is in for depression, MDMA is in for PTSD. And our concept is we have these, these spaces that are specifically kitted out for psychedelic therapy. So if, if there's another novel molecule that FDA allows, we will be happy to bring people in and give them a great experience. You are in the cannabis industry for many years. And how does this compare to you, the, the kind of burgeoning psychedelics industry? Does it remind you of cannabis in its early stages? Is it sort of a different animal? Well, what's your take on that? I would say it's a different animal. I would also say that cannabis is one thing. Psychedelics is many, many things. So like today we're talking about ketamine and tomorrow we'll be talking about MDMA and psilocybin. But behind that is 5-MeO-DMT and ayahuasca and LSD and mescaline and ibogaine and, you know, all of these things are just just very, very different and have incredible different potentials. Like ibogaine is the best substance known to man at severing addictive drug use, right? If you send someone to an ibogaine clinic, which exists right now in Mexico, they will come back with no physical addiction to a opiate or cocaine, right? The hardest uh, drugs to get off of. You can physically sever their addiction completely. So that's, look, the addiction industry is a trillion dollar a year business. So there's there's a one substance that can sever alcohol addiction, any kind of chemical dependency. That's incredible. So that's just one of many things. And then there's there's probably 200 novel compounds that I know of that are in phase one or early phase two clinical development that are just novel psychedelic molecules, different things that are tuned in slightly different ways to give people slightly different experiences that we hope will lead to healing, right? So I think, you know, there's just, with cannabis, there's THC, there's some rare cannabinoids, and you can mix them and blend them in some fun ways, but there's just so much more with psychedelics. And there's so many different things, and there's so many things that haven't even been tapped into yet. So I think there's a lot of interest and heat in this, uh, people who want to come in and figure out how to make a, a business. I also think you know, there's a dual track, right? The track that we're working on is very much medical. It is FDA approved clinical model. There's also Oregon, which next year will have some form of legal psychedelic use with psilocybin that won't be FDA approved, that will just be state legal, similar to how cannabis started out. So, you know, that's a whole nother. Sorry, you can almost imagine seeing brands. Oh, yeah. It's already happening. I know a bunch of people who have already started and gone up there and doing the thing. And so who knows what actually happens, but there's still there's still a bunch of rules and regs that have to be dropped by the... Uh, well, Oregon is one thing, but it's hard enough to get federal legalization of cannabis. Just the idea that the government's going to be so open to legalizing all these different psychedelics. I just wonder, I hope, I hope that's the case, but maybe it'll just be a state-by-state -state thing, sort of like the way cannabis has been. Yeah, my feeling is that you wind up with federal FDA guidance around these powerful substances for mental health use. So you'll have over the next five or 10 years, there will be a dozen or two dozen compounds that are pushed through FDA because they have incredible results and great data. And then I think the other side of that is the folks who want to microdose for performance or want to go and go to Joshua Tree and expand their minds, right? And do we want to gum up 
the judiciary with those people? Or should they be should they be jailed for that? Right. And I think the answer most people have come to with the war on drugs is absolutely not. So what does that look like? How do you how do you structure out a new regulatory framework that doesn't penalize people, that creates well-regulated substances? Because another piece is fentanyl and how it's winding up in all these drugs, right? And killing people who didn't think they were doing fentanyl. So without regulation, you wind up with bad actors. So I think there's some balance point where there's going to be some of these Western voter-driven states that have fairly liberal majorities will wind up with some form of something similar to what just passed in Oregon, where they decriminalize all drugs and legalize psilocybin. That's fair. And then maybe after that will be some form of regulatory schema so that you don't have bad actors putting out substances that are deadly or harmful. It's so fascinating. Really interesting new world that you're entering. Are you any plans to do a publication about psychedelics, given your pedigree at high high times for all those years? Yeah, well, we've done the largest event on psychedelics. We had a Meet Delic last year. We had 2,500 people in Las Vegas. So we're doing that again this year at Area 15, November 5th and 6th. So that should be a great event for people looking to learn more about psychedelics. That sounds like a fun event. Area 15, how cool. Yeah, it's one of the coolest venues. And, you know, they spent $300 million building this place. It is absolutely outrageous, beautiful, and totally psychedelic. They've, it's like a Burning Man they have a bunch of the Burning Man art and crazy immersive visuals and it's like nothing I've ever seen before. Uh, so that's where we did it last year and it was incredible and sold out and we expect to have even more people this year. We also have um, realitysandwich.com, which is a news and information site around psychedelic wellness. So we do have that, get three or 400,000 people a month coming to that site to find out more about different psychedelics and, and news and stuff around it. Well, Matt Stank, thank you so much for taking the time to explain this all to me. I'm, I'm fascinated with this, this new world. If people want to find out more about Delic, where should they go? Sure. So DelicCorp.com has all of the information and you can click through to all of our sites. If they want to go and try ketamine therapy, KetamineWellnessCenters.com. And if they want to learn more about our event, MeetDelic.com. Great. Well, Matt Stank, have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. To find out more about Green Entrepreneur, head on over to greenentrepreneur.com for the latest cannabis and CBD news, thoughtful essays, tips, and insider tricks on how to succeed in the cannabis business, all that good stuff. And hey, if you like this podcast, do me a huge solid and go to wherever you may listen to your podcast and please rate and review our podcast. It does wonders for the algorithm, helps others find the podcast. Would so appreciate a review and a rating. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.